this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight All right. Hello and welcome to episode, oh, 169, which you know what's funny, Sam. I don't know what's if you funny? know this. So the number 69, it's also funny because 69 is also like a sex thing where two people like do oral at the same time and it looks like the number. Did you know that? I, I This is brand new information, Sean. Oh man, it's a hilarious number. So it's very cool that we've hit it once again. And it appropriate since Babadook is so sexy, right? Oh my God. I, well, we'll get into that for sure. I don't remember what episode normal 69 was. I assume we made jokes about it because it's us. So maybe I'll just casually scroll back and see what it was while we're chatting. But uh, yeah, we're still doing horror stuff. Oh, Sam also is here. Hi. Hello. We're still doing horror stuff, even though it's going to be a November episode because we do what we want. And Jordan had a baby, so I feel weird asking him to do Jurassic Park 3, which, I mean, it's a short movie, so it's probably fine, but I felt like I should give him a little bit of a break, so we're, we're going to keep this going. Uh, I spent way too much money on a 4K UK import of this movie, and you spent way too much time watching horror movies every day in October, so it felt like maybe we should leverage that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very glad that October is over. We, uh, oh, fittingly, episode 69 starred our buddy, Mr. Willis, Die Hard 2, colon, Die Harder, was episode 69. Weird. That doesn't seem like 100 weeks ago, but I guess. Crazy. Uh, Yeah, you did Spooktober. I did. Uh, How'd that go? I don't remember if we talked about it during Donnie Darko. I think we did. Uh, yeah, I you think were we like touched nearing, on it. You were nearing the end. We touched on it, yeah. The, the Actually, last no, you thing... weren't. That was like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It, I think that was where I was like really like regretting my decision. But I got some good ones towards the end, so it wasn't so bad. It, you know, we ended strong, so yeah, mostly. You, if you had to point to what your, could you pick out a favorite and a least favorite, do you think, from the month? So my favorite was probably Blood and Donuts, which like no one will watch and no one else seemed to like it based on the Letterboxd reviews. Um, the Lure was also really good. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to bust that one out. It's been and, sitting on the uh, shelf forever. Bloodthirsty was a piece of shit. So probably don't watch that one. There you go. You heard it here. So we did The Babadook because it was written and directed by Jennifer Kent, who is a lady. And so that's why, you know, you watched it for your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we touched on that, that I did all women directors, all women directors, which you started with a really big list and then had to keep whittling it down based on the (laughs) fact that we're in Canada and you can't fucking watch anything in Canada because nothing is available on anything. I was willing, like there were a few where I'm like, I will, I will buy the physical media or like, I will pay to rent it. I don't care. And like, it just wasn't even an option. I'm like, well, fuck this, I guess. That's like a third of my list gone. 
Yeah. So you just got you just happened to get lucky with that Fear Street trilogy. You could knock out three in one go. But yeah, and she had a previous horror movie as well. So that was four of my movies were yeah. Lee Janik. Is that her name? I think, I think so, yeah. Uh yeah. So Jennifer Kent, who I'm surprised only, only has really done one movie since called The Nightingale, which I have not seen, but apparently is not an easy watch in 2019. Uh, so five years after this, this was 2014. Uh, you have not seen, had not seen the Babadook. I had not. I had seen it once. I think I blind bought it because it was one of those. I feel like this is a Reddit movie, right? Like this is one of the five movies that <laughs> fittingly I was on Reddit horror today. And there was the subject line like, anyone else a big It Follows fan? It's like, scroll back a day and I guarantee you there's a topic with the exact same title. Like, yes, turns out there are many It Follows fans. Jesus. So I think this is one of those movies. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I think the Baba Dude is pretty good. So I just like people seem to really love it. And so I went in kind of with high expectations because yeah, it's one of those ones that people on the internet talk about the Babadook and they're very excited about it. And I, I have a feeling that it's probably just the same five people just like constantly screaming about it. And it's not, not the more largely held opinion based on the conversations. I mean, it's I had. got like a 6.8 on IMDb, which I feel like for horror is pretty high. Yeah, that's solid. I think it was um, like a 3.7 on Letterboxd. Yeah. Which is huge for Letterboxd. Cause I feel like that's where the, I feel like Letterbox is people trying to be as snarky as possible, so you tend to see a lot of low reviews there. Um, maybe that's all social media, actually. But yeah, I watched it one time back in 2014 after hearing, like, oh my god, this Australian movie, the Bob Duke, I watched that. I might have just downloaded it. I don't remember. I was more willing to do that back then. Now I have a very hard stance against it. But I think I also watched it with um, other podcasts guest Kim I think her and I watched the Babadook Hmm. back when it came out um I remember liking it nothing like that's about it like it's it's the quintessential this show like I remember thinking the Babadook like yeah that that was good I see why people like that but if you had sat me down before I watched it last night and said tell me everything you remember about the Babadook I'd be like that meme with this kid like he's a meme definitely now uh the babadook says his name and there's a book ah, and that would have been it uh also important to note was not apparent the first time i watched the babadook so this movie really hits different <laughs> when you are yeah. holy shit um yeah so uh curled up last night with my 4k and went let's watch the babadook and here we are. So uh, Sam also set it up because I don't do it anymore. What's the what's the Babadook all about? Yeah. So uh, there's a mom and she's got her weird little kid who um, she is a single parent to because her husband died tragically in a car accident on their way to the hospital for her to deliver the kid. Um, and the kid is, you know, acting out and he talks about monsters and stuff and then suddenly this book appears and it's the book of the Mr. Babadook and it kind of goes from there. And we, we get into, you know, Mr. Babadook wanting to come into their home and scare the shit out of them. Essentially. Yeah. If it's in a look or it's in a book, 
You can't get rid of the Babadook. I might have remembered that actually before. Yeah, that's essentially it. Is she's got a child. I can't believe I can't remember his name. I just watched this last it's night. Sam. Sam. Oh <laughs> yeah, god, you go. worse that I couldn't remember. Um, so he's six years old and he's he's a lot. Like being a single mom already would be Holy a lot. Shit, but he's a lot. He is um yeah, he's he's a handful. Uh he's having trouble at school. They're very isolated because none of the other kids want to have him over to their house. Their her sister no longer really wants them to come over because she doesn't like being around the kid. He's very convinced that like there are monsters and I'm gonna get the monsters. He's into magic, which she's come on, like right there. It's like, oh no. If one of my kids is like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into magic, be like, oh, we fucked up. Where did we where did we go wrong? Not Your just head's magic. too big. That's the problem. Not just magic, but like homemade weapons, like and like intense That's, homemade weapons. Oh yeah, that thing he carries around on his back. That shit's pretty hardcore. Like, good for that kid for some of that stuff. Uh, and yeah, Babadook, the book shows up, and the mom's just like. Oh, that's weird. I don't recognize the book as the sole person who would purchase books for the household, but I, I guess I'll check this one out. And the book is very much like, hey, the Babadook's going to get in and eat, eat, eat your kids. And the kid, it like breaks his psyche, basically. And at that point, he he is convinced that the Babadook's going to get in and hurt everybody. But also, is there a Babadook at all? Is the question. Is there a really a Babadook, Sam? I think there might have been. It's a little ambiguous. I would have said yes, probably on first watch, but on this watch, I'm leaning a hard no. Ain't no Babadook. He's just a metaphor. Well, I mean, yeah, like he's he's a metaphor for grief, but I don't know that he, you know, he lives in the basement. Well, does he, though? He might. Or does just her depression live in the basement of her brain where she just has to like, you know, I can't get, I can't get rid of you depression and mental anxiety, but I can like at least control you. And then it like has a moment at the end, I guess spoilers for the Babadook, Jesus Christ, (laughs) but it has a moment where it looks like she's going to like, ah, and she's like, no. So she's, you know, standing up against. Yeah. Scuttles off to the corner of the basement with his bowl full of bugs. It's little earthworms. Um, yeah, the Babadook, not in the movie very much at all, no. which I also, like you even kind of said after you watched it, like for a movie called The Babadook, I would have expected more Babadook, but even going in with that, what, two minutes of screen time, maybe if you add it all, add it all up, his first appearance is about 40 minutes in. Yeah, like he's mostly just in the book. We don't get much actual Babadook. That's a, man, that's a creepy ass book though. Like it the, is, the, yeah. Especially the second round where it shows back up at the house and starts to the pages have been more filled in to be about the mom, and it's just yeah. all these cute little pop ups of her like killing the dog and killing her kid and killing herself. Yeah, it's intense, and they're like all taped back together because she had shredded it all, and it just shows back up, and it's like, you know, each time it shows back up, it's like more stained and decrepit and whatever because she's tried to get rid of it. Yeah. So you said you had, I don't know if it's too soon to get to it, but you said you had a question you really want to get to. I assume it's how sexy is the Babadook? No, it's why the fuck does the Babadook make dinosaur noises? 
It happens yes. like three times. What I is made, that? I made one note and it was, these are the sound effects from the 1990s Jurassic Park PC game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that. That. I made one note and it was that. That was my only note as well. <laughs> that was clearly like noises. hitting up the stock sound effects, which is too bad because <laughs> the actual, when he says his name, is that shit's creepy. I was watching it this. Is. I was watching this with headphones and when he, first appears and does the like bah, bah, just like, oh i don't like this at all not one bit but then he gives the like <laughs> oh no you probably should have be... ventured further than windows media sound effects from 1996 <laughs> but and that was supposed to be the scarier part when like because there's the whole thing right that like he appears in his suit and top hat but don't like don't look under the i forget what the rhyme is there's a rhyme but it's like don't look under the clothing or whatever and like this is supposed to be the creepy part when he's coming out of like his his sexy sexy suit with the top hat but that's the point where you get the yeah it does take take you right out too and it closes out the the moment you're like oh no like uh, as a as a creature what do you think of the design of the babadook yeah i think he's he's decent he's creepy yeah, I think so. Um, I think they make effective use of him. I, I think it's good that you never really get a terrific full-on look at him. Like the scene where she's looking across at the neighbors and he's just all of a sudden there in like yeah. the darkened doorway. Or like when she's watching TV and he keeps showing up in these like retro, you know, kind of like black and white scenario, like Nosferatu-esque scenarios. Or especially when he's, is it like a chimney where he's coming down and he's like little claws come out first? Like that shit's pretty good. Yeah, there's some good use of the Babadook. Yeah. Yeah, his appearances are effective, which is mm-hmm. which is good because he only makes like maybe two or three key. I mean, yeah. you hear him more often. Like he calls at one point to be like, hey, what's up, Babadook? And then he like at one point is on their car. Scuttling. Yeah. Or scrattling? I forget. The word, the subtitle that was used for when he was like crawling around made me laugh. And I forget what the word they used was now. It wasn't scrambling, but it was like that. Scrabbling? That's not a word. Yeah, that's a word. I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was it. I should have noted that instead of just the dinosaur noise. (laughs) But um, you also messaged me during it about five minutes in to say, I don't know if I can do this. Was there a specific moment or just general? I think it was the kid's first freak out in the car. I was like, I can't, this kid is the worst. Like, I mean, the, well, there's terrible. the one, there's that one freak out. This, that's the one that's become the meme. Yeah. Where he's just in the back. Like but completely he, like, freaks freaking out, out. Like every time that they're in the car, it's like, he's just like losing his mind and I, I think when I first messaged you it might have been when he broke the window and was being a real little shit about it yeah maybe yeah I feel it like the, car, been, freak, the yeah. car freak out might be too late in the movie for you to yeah, yeah, been yeah. like oh, I don't know if I can do this because that's but after he, he... he has several car freak outs though like basically every time he's in the car he's being a little asshole so I don't know yeah I think that's the one after he breaks his cousin's nose but in all yeah. fairness his cousin was being a fucker yeah, she's being a little, little bitch, but yeah, like she, still probably like, shouldn't have pushed her out of a treehouse. I mean, he, I don't think that was his intent. He just, you know, he was all cuddled up in the corner because he doesn't want to hang out with. Like full disclosure, I, you know, I've spent years hearing like, oh my, like 
if you go to any thread about who is the most annoying movie characters, the kid from the Babadook is going to come up. I, this round, he didn't bother me that much. I don't oh know. My God, I couldn't. I couldn't, Sean. Like, it was, by the end of the movie, I would have been fine with him dying. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it but was in the terrible. back half, he's just, like, normal, pretty yeah, normal in the back kid. Half, yeah, in the back half, he's not so bad because the mother goes off the fucking deep end. So, I mean, yeah, she's she's more intense, I guess. But, oh, man, that first half, like, I... I considered turning it off and just finding something else to watch for that day of Spooktober. I didn't do it because we were already committed to the podcast episode, but yeah, he was a lot to deal with. And like full disclosure, like I am not big on kids to begin with. So like this kid just like spending the first 45 minutes of this movie screeching and yelling and being just a little fucking weirdo. Like it was a lot. I've definitely seen some people online say that it might work if it might help that if the kid was more of a normal kid to highlight like the mom, like, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but I've seen some people say it might've been better if the kid was more normal because then it might make it more interesting. Like, Oh, the mom is just feeling the pressures of being a single mom. And that's why she's, you know, Baba ducking out versus this is a kid who would drive anyone to that point. But I don't know if I necessarily agree because a lot of the first part of this movie is like a lot of people just blaming her for her. Yeah. You know, like your son's acting out like we're not going to really help figure that out. Just like this is like this is your fault. You did this. You need to fix this. Like what's wrong with with your kid? And I I don't know. I, I feel like if the kid is just a normal kid, it's I don't know. It's too integral to the movie, I think. I think if the kid's just a normal kid, then it makes her a lot less sympathetic as a character, too. And it's like, well, you kind of have to feel some sympathy towards her for the movie to work at all. And it's like, at least with having like this, this little demon goblin as a child, like you can kind of understand where maybe, maybe you get to a certain point where when you're constantly being blamed and no one likes your kid and you're on your own and you have very little support system to start out. And then you have even less as things kind of progress. Like you can kind of see where she would snap and it's a little more understandable. Whereas if her kid's just normal and suddenly she's, you know, threatening him with a knife and choking him out. Yeah. A less sympathetic. You can make the version of that. I think where just, you know, the pressures of being the single mom who's trying to support yourself and your kid and also like balance school and all this but yeah I, I don't know I think like this kid would have troubles like he you know he's clearly probably been messed up a little bit by the fact that his dad died as like he brings it up a lot that his dad died on the way to the hospital but yeah I, I think it's important to show the increasing isolation that he's bringing like she's already clearly resentful of the kid because she's somewhat you know, I'm sure blames him yeah. unfairly for the for the dad's death. Uh, and then, you know, he's also causing her to be isolated from her friends and her sister. And he she can't bring him anywhere. She's not sleeping because he's too terrified of monsters. So he comes to sleep in her bed. And I'm never related to anything more than when it shows his mouth close up to her and he's grinding his fucking teeth. And she's just all wide-eyed listening to the like... <laughs> 
because both of our kids used to grind their teeth and you'd be holding them and hear it right next to your ear. And it was the worst thing you could ever imagine. So I, yeah, I, I, I feel like he, I I don't know. Again, he, maybe uh, my kids are nowhere near that level, but maybe being the witness to freakouts is just like, Oh yeah, I get it. Maybe it just didn't, it just didn't hit me as hard this time. And then in the back half, I was like this poor kid when he's like screaming about how he like, he loves his mom and she just, he just doesn't want the Babadook to get her. Like he clearly sees like mom's messed up. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, their, their roles kind of like shift as the movie goes on. The mother becomes a little more unhinged and he becomes a little more normal. And it's like, well, it is that the drugs though? Because at that stage he's like on the tranquilizers. She is also, yes, she is drugging him because he won't sleep and she needs to buy time before they can get to a psychiatrist. Yeah. He also watches apparently the same magic DVD over and over and over again, which is another thing I can relate to. (laughs) At the same time, like, why don't you just go watch something on the TV? Not this, though. Because that's parenting. Or a YouTube video ends and they go, can we watch that again? (laughs) Really? It's just Ryan's mom and dad fucking carving pumpkins for 20 minutes. I don't want to. (sighs) Yeah. How sexy is the Babadook, though? I mean, he's got a top hat, so that's immediately sexy. He does, and he's always smiling. He's always in a good mood. He's very happy, the Babadook. And as we know, he's very supportive of of gay rights. Mm, Yes. And uh, he, they actually released like, like a pride edition of the, of the Blu-ray a couple years ago. And I was looking at it. It was only in America. I was like, oh, I really want to get this, but I can't, I just can't justify it, but I want to. So, you know, I'll find a different way. That's not importing a Blu-ray of the Babadook again, but and then I ended up doing it again. For some reason, Canada never wants to release the Babadook. I either have to import it from the U S or the UK. weird one because i feel like it was a pretty popular movie it was although they talk a lot about how it kind of just got buried when it got released Hmm. because the studio in australia just wasn't doing their due diligence to get it out there so i feel like at the time it definitely felt like one of those word of mouth movies like it didn't really get a big release and people are like oh you got it yeah just like it screened somewhere and people went holy fuck this movie came out of nowhere you guys got to check out this babadook movie and it kind of steamrolled from there i did also find it interesting too about uh there's like the part where she goes to the cops to try and get help and you got your classic like there's there's nothing we can there's nothing we can do about that so another sort of you know isolating that the the bubble shrinks more and more like there's you have no support no one's here to help you fix your kid yep yeah she's really got nothing like she's got you know australian cps coming to her door and trying to you know figure out what's going on with the kid and then they just kind of leave like again like it's just she goes to the doctor it's going to take weeks before she can see a psychiatrist her sister wants nothing to do with her because her kid's a freak like yeah yeah i think the first half of this movie did a really good job of just stacking the deck like it's just thing after thing after thing 
like she can't go into work anymore. She like she can no longer she's not sleeping. She can't go do her shifts. Her kid's not going to school. She can't. She's not seeing any other humans. Like a lot of stuff that you know, I I can certainly relate to some of that. So it's like I get it, yeah. but it's just like just so like constant that it's even though there's no you know Babadook monster running around, it's just it's just stressful. It's just stressful to watch, and especially like by the point like CPS shows up, you're like, God damn it, this poor woman, fucking leave her alone. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of nice that they almost play that scene for comedy. Like there's an, almost no humor in this movie, so it's kind of nice that you get. A little Glimmer. bit in that scene where the kid's like, how are you doing? I'm a little sleepy from the drugs mom gave me. Yeah. Which, that like, whole bit. Yeah. And it, it's, I don't know. It's not really a very scary movie. Like I was expecting, because like supernatural stuff like immediately freaks me out. But this didn't really scare me. It's more just kind of depressing overall. <laughs> It is, yeah, it's not a happy watch. Like, even at the end, like, you know, again, spoilers, things largely work out okay. I mean, I, I'm sticking with the whole, there was never a Baba Duke. It's just, you know, don't let your depression yeah. and everything overwhelm you. And eventually she, like, you know, that's the whole don't let it in, don't let it in. And eventually she does. So at the end, it's like, I've locked it in the basement and I'm feeding it earthworms. So everyone's kind of happy, but you know, like, you know, it's still kind of, it's still learning. Yeah, it's there. still there. It's still there, you know. But goddamn, that was a pretty good magic trick, that kid. By the end, he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I want to know where he got the dove. Yeah, how do you do that? Like, great question on her part. She was, like, delighted, but really, I'd be concerned. Like, how, how, no, how did you how the do fuck, that? Yeah, what happened? I need to know. If you can generate birds, this is a problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like there's the there's the initial Babadook where he's like scuttling around on the ceiling, and I think there's really good use of sound design in the first part because yeah. they establish like he knocks to get let like he'll knock to try and get in. So I think they do a good job of or they they, they kind of outline the steps. Like you'll hear you'll hear a knock, then you'll hear his name. So she starts to hear the knocking going on, and then she starts to you know hear the it's a phone call. Yeah, yeah. So I think that all of that stuff, I think, is really well done. I think it's, I, I was actually impressed by the set design. I thought that yeah. like they did a good job with the house. Like it, it looks like a house that a single mother would who's dealing with all of this would upkeep. Like there's it's OK. It's largely OK, but it's there's a lot of disarray, like dishes aren't yeah. really done. There's just laundry lying around and. Like it's mostly clean, but yeah, it's there's just a bit of clutter and like things are not, you know, a hundred percent. And it it's the look of a house of someone who's like genuinely trying, but just does not have the wherewithal to kind of maintain. And yeah. then like as the movie goes on, it becomes, you know, more and more just kind of gray. And I thought that that was kind of kind of neat the way that they do that, right? Like as the movie goes on, the actual setting just starts to look more drab and yeah, it's CD. it starts to look more like the pop-up book. Yeah, exactly. Like, very, like apparently they actually did want to shoot the movie in black and white and were just told no, but I think yeah. actually that would have worked really well. Yeah. <laughs> I think this would have been pretty effective if it was in black and white. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have worked, but the way that they did it also was pretty good. I mean, 
like not to jump ahead. I wouldn't say that I love this movie, but I can say that it was it was a well done movie. I actually might have loved this movie. <laughs> like it worked really well for me this time. I think I liked it more the second time because it's like I said, it didn't leave much of an impression with me, but I think this time it will. And no, I think just, I, I don't know for sure if again, it's because we have kids now. So I see a lot of it and I go like, Oh, I get it. I get it. I get that. I think it's just, it's, it's, it's very well put together. Like it's largely a two character show. Like peripheral characters make their way in and out every now and then, but it's mostly the mom and the son. I think like they, they're as say what you will, but the kid is fantastic. <laughs> is fantastic in the role. Like, yeah. I mean, he's obviously a great actor because he made me want to punt him through a window, but it's interesting to hear too, how they, uh, cause you know, there's scenes where she's telling him to eat shit and how she wants to smash his head against the wall. So it's interesting to hear how they did it. Obviously, a lot of it is, you know, because it's coverage of here's you, here's him. So he just mm-hmm. wasn't there for some of that. But for some of the stuff he was, apparently she would just mouth the dialogue and not say it and then later do it in ADR. Mm. And they also kind of had the, uh, you know, what's the word I want? Kids glove, the description to the kid of like, well, what's the movie about? It's like, oh, you're the hero and you're defeating <laughs> a monster. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, but I, I didn't really stop to consider, yeah, how, how you'd do that without traumatizing this poor six-year-old for life. Apparently, that is the role they did. Is That makes sense. I, actually, I didn't actually look up if he's gone on to do much else. I mean, what, he was probably like five or six when they filmed it, so he's not yeah. that old now either, so. Apparently not. We're not quite into whatever happened to the kid from the Babadook territory. He was in a French short film in 2020. And that's it? Yes. As, uh, well, as far as Letterboxd had. So, I mean, he might have been in some TV stuff. He was in a funnier die skit called The Baba Dukes of Hazard. So, I'm going to have to definitely look that up. And, uh, yeah, Essie Davis, too, as the, as the mom. Amelia, I think her name was. I think so, yeah. Is so goddamn good in this movie. Like... She gave me, okay, you know what she reminded me of? She really reminded me of the mother from Requiem for a Dream. Like, that was the vibe I was getting as she was watching her movie and, like, grinding her teeth and just kind of, like, it gave I, me very big. I have not seen Requiem for a Dream in 20 years. Though there's a movie that has definitely moments. It was like, yeah, I remember a lot about Requiem for a Dream. I don't yeah. think we need to do the Requiem for a Dream episode. No, so I'm good. 50 yeah. minutes of silence. Like, what? What do you even uh, say? It's like, yeah. That's... The arm. This... Ass to ass. It's a very sad movie. It sure is. The 4K was on sale and I was looking at it like, oh, a 4K. I was like, what the fuck? Like, one, why do you want to watch it again? <laughs> Two, why do you need it in the best quality? Like, maybe you can just, that's like when I bought Schindler's List and my wife on 4K, my wife is like, I'm not going to watch that with you. When are you ever going to sit and watch Schindler's List? And she's right. And I haven't. Because there's never a, I got three hours, kids are asleep. Let's get sad. I think I still have my Requiem for a Dream DVD somewhere in my parents' basement, probably. You should tell them like, hey, I got there's a movie you should go check out. 
God, I traumatized them for life. It's about overcoming difficulties. <laughs> I'm just looking. Uh, she was Lady Crane on Game of Thrones. I don't remember what character that was. She was also in The Babadooks of Hazard. She was Cal's mom in Assassin's Creed, which I mean, I saw, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume Matrix this movies. is. I'm going to assume this is a lot of Australian stuff that I just haven't heard of. She was in Australia. Oh, the Nicole Kidman movie. Yeah, I hadn't made it. Oh, yeah, she was. She was also a voice in the Matrix video game. Hmm. Yeah, she's. She is very, very good. She does a good job of just like the back half when she gets to just explode into rage, but she also does a good job of just portraying someone who is barely, barely keeping it together. What are you reading so intently? I'm trying to see because she was in Baby Teeth and I'm trying to figure out if that was if it was based on the book book that yeah was written by the author of that other book that you hated. But hopefully doesn't she say. doesn't. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. I don't think she does. Yeah, it's probably fine. Wonderland was the name of that book, by the way. I still have it on my net galley list. I will have I've, to read it someday. In the past Maybe. two years, I've read like two hundred books, and I think that's the only one I've one starred. <laughs> that might not be true, but it's definitely the one that leaps out the most as this is a one star read. I think even Ready Player Two got a two, and I wanted to punch that book in the throat. Yeah. I don't, so, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you were still about to bust no. out some. No, I'm. I, I'm. I'm done. I, well, yeah, I. I don't know if I necessarily. I don't know if I necessarily have a whole lot more to say about it. Um, I mean, I've kind of ticked off all of the stuff I wanted to cover. Good We've covered the dinosaur noises, so I'm good. The dinosaur noises is the one part that's like, that's so unfortunate, but that's the sound, the sound that you picked, because I think everything around it, like, I think the acting is really good. I think the creature design is really good. I think they, I think it's kind of a bold choice to do, here's a kid that is going to grate on you. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. What do you, okay, so if the Babadook were real, what do you think he is under the trench coat? Like just, just, I don't. It's blackness. I don't know. I think he's just like, like several thousand cockroaches in a trench coat. Actually, yeah, that could be it because he does seem to cockroaches do seem to appear, follow him around, or appear. Yeah, there's a lot of scuttling noises. Maybe scuttling was the subtitle. Yeah, I was gonna say was moving around. Actually, that would make perfect just, sense. Yeah. Uh, it does scuttle so, quite a lot. I'm just looking to make sure uh, at the old IMDB trivia to make sure that there's, there's nothing cool that we need to definitely mention. She holds the rights to the film and say that she will never, ever, ever make a sequel, which I think is definitely the right call. Yeah, for sure. I'm, it would just I'm be concerned. Unnecessary. Yeah, I'm concerned the only way to do the sequel is to remove any of the discussion or different ways to interpret is the Babadook real is it just you know is it a physical manifestation of her depression I feel if you did the sequel you have to say it's you have real. to go the you have to go the route of the boy you can I guess you could do like a doctor sleep thing where it's the boy grown up and 
Oh no, I mean like the, with it. that that shitty movie where it's a guy in the walls, but then suddenly, no, it's not. It's supernatural. Yeah. It's like okay, oh well, yeah, that's kind of Fucking, a piece of shit. Like spoilers for the boy one and two, everyone. But oh my god, the like, twist in that first movie uh, that it's not you know, again. Spoilers. Here's your chance. Run away. That the uh, you saw that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw the first one. Yeah, that's an actual cool twist. Like the yeah. doll's not alive. There's just a fucking crazy guy living in the walls of your house. That's way scarier to think yeah. this motherfucker's been in there the whole time, just watching and being a weirdo. But then, how do you make a sequel to that? Because that guy's dead; he can't live in no more walls. So, of course, yeah, the sequel has to be like, "Oh no, that wasn't real. The doll's actually alive." It's like fucking. Yeah, that's way worse. And I feel like you basically have to go the same route with the Babadook. Like you have yeah. to, like you said, you'd have to be like, oh, this isn't a metaphor for grief. He is actually a big scuttling trench coat full of bugs. Yeah. Or you just do the first movie again with a different family. Like yeah. the book shows up book, to somewhere else yeah. and like, oh, this happened seven years ago to another family. Like, no, I think she's right. There's no. Yeah. Somewhat, I'm a, a little bit surprised they didn't do that thing where the U.S. just remakes it, even though the movie's already in English. But because it came out in Australia, that they feel like they need to put their stamp on it. But I'm kind of I'm, I'm happy. that Ooh, this is kind of creepy. In Hebrew, Babadook means he is coming for sure. Oh, that's that is creepy. That's a good choice. There you go. Name. That's why I, that's why I'm looking at this stuff, because that's the that are those are the things that are cool to know. Babadook is an anagram of a bad book, which is less creepy than the first thing. But Oh, that's what it is. I was okay. There, this might be the actual explanation. The film became a meme and symbol for the LGBTQ community after Netflix accidentally placed it under LGBT movies. Oh, I was okay. wondering, cause there's that gif of him with the pride flags <laughs> the pride and then they, flags. and then they did the pride editions. And when you watch the movies, like, I don't see any clear reason why that association would have been made. The top so, review on Letterboxd is just stating facts. The B in LGBTQ stands for Papa Duck. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. That's kind of, I'm glad we at least, uh, oh my God, that is it. I was wrong when I was saying it's from the Jurassic Park PC game. A vocal sample from the cinematic opening cinematic of the PlayStation 1 game Resident Evil can be heard multiple times during the final confrontation. Yes, that is it. That's what I was thinking of. It's when they're being chased and through the field and it cuts to the dog or whatever something chasing them and it goes. I have like that sound has definitely been used in other things. I'm gonna have to like Google this or something because it's yeah. The first time it happened, I honestly thought that it was something from maybe like my husband's computer, like he was playing a video game or something. And then it kept happening. I'm like, no, okay, that is in the movie. What is that? Why is that? More importantly, yeah, why is that? The scream yeah. heard repeatedly towards the end is that of Motaro, a character from Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> so I don't know if that's the same sound effect or a different sound effect, but uh, this is actually true. This film marked a rare achievement for characters in a horror movie. Everyone alive at the beginning of the film is alive at the end, excluding hmm. the dog. Yeah. The dog was sad. The dog was sad, even, even though it foreshadowed that it's coming, yeah. it's still sad. And I'm surprised the kid was able to bounce back so quickly from my mom broke my dog's neck in front of me and tried to kill me. But, but and like, it seems like this is all taking place over like a fairly long period of time. Like that, you know, the ending part is like, a fair bit after and then you know cps comes back and they're like oh you've been out of school for two weeks now and 
at the beginning when they first show up, he's only been out of school for like four days. So it's not that yeah. long. No, it's really not that long to say that the kid has made peace with that. Although again, you can probably break it down even further to, I, I assume the dog actually is dead, but like how much was in her head versus how much of that was actually happening. Like how much of that was just the, the kid's perspective of maybe what was happening. Cause there are parts where she's like floating along the ground towards him. She was definitely not actually doing that if there's no Babadook, and I don't think there is. Yeah, same thing, like the weird black goo that she pukes up at the end, and like yeah, there, to symbolize that she's better and like she yeah. keeps seeing visions but then of it her keeps dead running husband. at her. Yeah. But then yeah, she she pukes out the Babadook and it just keeps running at her and grabbing her legs and pulling her down the stairs and yeah. Because depression's gonna keep coming for that ass. I guess that's true. That is true. I just want to know how they explain her away, because like Towards the end, like things get pretty violent, and like it's clear that those things actually happen. That you know, she her legs all messed up because the kid stabbed her, and like, yeah, I, I just want to know how they explained that because like CPS is obviously still in the picture, and you know the neighbors in the know on what happened, and she had to like probably get stitches. Get, well, yeah, she mentions that the stitches are out, so she definitely had to get like medical attention. Like dogs dead, and she's cut all of the phone lines. <laughs> Yeah, and and the dog is dead of a broken neck, so she can't just say, "Oh, he got old." This is what that's what happens. He got old, and his neck just <laughs> twisted around, and that was it. Yeah, when a dog hits a certain age, they can't support their head, and it just full exorcist, and yeah, just the whole head spins and dead. And the kid, when he is old enough to get back on the internet and go like, "Mom, <laughs> that thing you told me about Bugsy or whatever his name was, something like that." Yeah, I think it was Bugsy. That wasn't true at all. <laughs> you got me. I killed him. <laughs> but you stabbed me. Like, it's We're true. even. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, all right. So I guess final thoughts on the Babadook. I didn't love it. I mean, it was, I thought it was I, well done. I suspected that was going to be the case. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was well done. I like, I can't fault anything about it. It just didn't, I just didn't like it. <laughs> Like it's really nothing personal, Jennifer that's Kent. I, yeah, it, that's it didn't fair. Work for me. Sometimes movies just don't hit. It was fine. I mean, I didn't. There's hate nothing it. wrong with that. I gave it like a two point five. Solid middle of the road. I think I'm leaning a four. I was almost gonna tip it to a four point five, but I can't quite make that commitment. Mm. But um, yeah, it it just it worked for me very well last night like it was stressing me out and i could see it working better though like like you said if you've got kids that maybe you can kind of relate a little bit more because i think there is like a big component of that you know like like you said there's only the two characters so if you can't relate and you can't you know feel for them then there's really not a whole lot to glom onto here yeah that's fair um something you're currently enjoying Oh, God, I'm watching The Great British Bake Off illegally because you can't watch it legally in Canada. Can't you? I thought someone here had it. CBC Mm. does, but I don't have cable. And I think you have to have a cable subscription to get the CBC app. You do. We learned that when we were trying to get the Oscars. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, I'm watching like season three of The Great British Bake Off. So I don't think CBC cares. Um, I guess for me, I will cite Fatal Frame, Maiden, 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 
Maiden or Maidens of Blackwater. It was a, fittingly, came out the same year as the Babadook, 2014, on the Wii U. I never bought it because it would have taken up all the internal memory on my Wii U. So I just never got it. Um, And seven years later, they remastered it. And it's out for PS5 and Xbox and PS4, Switch, anything. Anything, maybe PC probably as well, I don't know. So I finally get to play it. I'm a big fan of the original trilogy. The fourth one, unfortunately, has never seen a North American release. So this was my first time playing through this one. And it doesn't quite hit the highs of the first three, but I'm just, it's just fun to have a new Fatal Frame. It's very creepy. It's not overly scary. The first and second Fatal Frame are probably still what I'd point to as the ultimate horror video game experiences. Like just fucking, it's a lot to deal with. Whereas I find this one, it doesn't like the sound design is really good. And actually chapter eight kind of switched the mechanics of what was going on and it made it much creepier, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like your character is a little more powered up in this one. So I'm not as like when a ghost shows up in the first game, you're like, I have three rolls of film left. I am fucked. Whereas in this one, you just go, I am good. Snap, 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 dead. I got 30 health herbal medicines. So do your worst ghost. But yeah, I think I'm probably about halfway. I've put about seven or eight hours into it, and it's it's really good. And I've heard that if this does well, they the same studio really wants to like remaster the first three and try and get that fourth one over here. So okay, that was anyone... gonna be my next question was if the first three had been remastered because I haven't played them, but they want to. So okay. it's I, I'm I don't really know. I guess they chose this one because the work was already done and they could just kind of remaster it from the wii u but yeah if if you're listening and you're like i I like the fail it's like 50 bucks which ain't bad for a new release game it seems pretty it seems pretty lengthy so yeah get out there throw some money at it and hopefully we can get some more of these things and that's that's the babadook i don't know what comes next (laughs) i don't know what a 170 episode 170 is November is really switched up. It, it, there was uh, four planned things, and I don't know of any of the. I, one of them is definitely still happening. I don't know about the others. Uh, we're kicking around a few ideas, so we'll see. And then in December we have nothing but the Hallmark W Network Christmas movies. I'm so excited. I kind of am too. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be, I think that's the right call. And then there's a discussion about a themed month for January as well. I'm not going to say it just yet, just in case. And then February. So yeah, we could, after November, we might be just themed until March. So I should probably choose some cool stuff for the next three weeks. But uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Tev Sam for the theme song. Thank you to Sam also for joining me here today. If you want to hear more of Sam not really enjoying movies, go listen to Goodwill is Hunting. Our third episode is now out as of today. Uh, Cold Light of Day starring Superman himself, Henry Cavill, and more Bruce Willis than we were used to at the time. So go peep that out. We're going to have to get on the new episode soon because just the Bruce Willis news section is going to take half an hour to get through. Because oh my god. November 4th will go down in history as just Bruce Willis Day. That guy did not stop shit yesterday. 
Uh, and uh, in the meantime, take us out with uh, with a classic Babadook quote, Sam. Babadook. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty damn good, lads. <laughs> So for all those things nostalgic, I asked to do.